the MCU and Sony have finally resolved their differences, it seems. Just in time for some more announcements coming up out about Venom 2. The uh, Venomverse is back with a vengeance alongside the Spideyverse. Well, let's see how long this one lasts. More than two films, more than three films. Let's start by talking about the first one, Venom. This is episode two of Geek Bites. This is Rich, and I'm joined once again by Stu. Hi, guys. We decided to rename it because uh, the last name was a bit naff. Geek Spacho Soup, we couldn't even spell it. So uh, Geek Bites <laughs> we are um, forevermore. Nice, nice. <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining me again, man. Um, uh, yeah, I'm much more of a fan of the Geek Bites name. Yeah, Geek Spacho Soup was too hard to say, uh, too hard to spell. And who, who's ever actually had Gaz Spacho Soup anyway? Have you ever had it? Uh, I mean, no. Um, I mean, because <laughs> Geek Spacho also makes a really difficult logo word because you can't fit it in a box. So, um, yeah, <laughs> for all those many reasons, we dropped it um, like a cold soup and uh, moved on. Yeah, fine, move on. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like I say, we're talking today about Venom. Um, this was the Tom Hardy vehicle from uh, last year now, 2018. Um, supposed to kick off uh, Sony's new version of the Spider-Verse. Um, a Tom Hollandless version. Or I guess we'll talk about that soon, about how that's all going to work. But, I mean, let's let's start things off just by saying what we thought about the film in general. Just a short, quick, short, one-sentence review. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah. So I thought long and hard about this, and the only way I could describe it is the weirdest buddy movie you'll ever watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, Clint Eastwood and a and a orangutan is still not weirder than Tom Hardy talking to himself via the medium of a black gooey suit. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, that that sums it up really. Yeah, um, my view on it was, uh, look, it was it was okay. It, <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it, it's, it was so nondescript. I'm even struggling. I only watched it a few days ago, um, and I was really making sure to keep notes on, well, mental notes on what to talk about. And it's just, I mean, look, Tom Hardy's great. This is turning into a very long sentence. Uh, the, the, to the bits in isolation were, were fine. The total film just didn't hang together as a whole. Uh, was my issue and you know none of the bits in isolation were any more than fine they're all okay none of it was brilliant i think that was the main problem the real problem with this film and you know there's other problems with it and there's good bits as well but we'll go into it we'll go into it okay okay so a so-so attempt um that kind of leaves no lasting impression yeah that's a good that's a much better one sentence <laughs> than my kind of like 10 half ramble sentences um, well yeah. you know uh, <laughs> I'm good at distilling things into the purest form. Um, yeah. but, but no, before we move on, I, I do agree with you that kind of I watched it a bit earlier than you, and it was I was really struggling to try and pull together some some bits to discuss because it is so <laughs> non nondescript. So uh, I mean, hopefully we're going to be able to have coherent conversation about this film. Um, but yeah, if not, it's the filmmakers' fault for making it so uh, sort of you know forgettable. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so. I mean, let's start off with a good a good thing. I mean, did you have a particular favourite scene 
in the film? What bit, was there a particular sequence you most enjoyed, or even a particular concept or a particular way they did something? Let's let's really widen the nets, try and find something good to say about this film. <laughs> well, I've actually got a, a favourite scene and an honourable mention. And so, oh, first, yeah, I know. So you know, I'll keep the conversation going at least. Um, but my favourite scene is um, basically at, at midway. I mean, spoiler alert, by the way. Uh, but at a certain point in the film, uh, Tom Hardy is split from Venom due to the MRI machine going off and Venom gets sucked out of him. And uh, so Tom Hardy is quite ecstatic that he's finally free of this symbiote. So he goes sort of running out and then gets kidnapped by the bad guys from the Life Foundation. That's not my favourite scene. My favourite scene is when Venom, uh, when Tom Hardy's in the woods or something, they're going to kill him because they realise Venom's not in him and they don't care about him anymore. And Venom comes back and saves him. And it's not necessarily that. It's more about the fact that when these guys reunite afterwards um, with the female Venom, which is kind of an interesting suedo hot thing. And I didn't yeah. expect to see it. I, I, I didn't expect to see that because she has been in the comics, but I didn't expect to see it this early on. But mm. anyway, long story short, I've got back to the rambling like you. Um, but basically, when they reunite, it's basically like a bromance. It's just like, oh, man, I couldn't live without you. Oh, you know, and Venom's basically telling him how... You know, I was going to, you know, kill everyone. But now you made me realize that humanity is worth saving and worth living for. And I don't want all my race to come down because they'll ruin what you've got. And I thought that was quite nice because basically, uh, you know, Eddie Brock's basically shown Venom what it means to be human um, and, you know, made Venom appreciate it. So basically from that scene in the woods all the way to the, to the fight on the spaceship, basically, where he's basically saying, oh, no, you don't want to mess with a big bad. You know, the big bad's got all these moves that I don't even know how to do and stuff like that. And. You know, the reason I like you, Eddie, is because I'm a loser, too. And it basically shows that even though there's an alien and a schmuck, um, they basically have something in common. And they're both two losers that found each other out uh, in this sort of, you know, codependent relationship. OK, so explain this to me, because I think this might be something I possibly slightly missed in the film. I'd, obviously, yes, Venom did say I'd now appreciate humanity because you showed me how good humans can be or whatever was that yeah. the whole time before the mri scan when they were just bumming around town was that what eddie brock did to show venom how good humanity is i think it was okay. um i think it was to basically the, when he's like um i like her eddie you know she she's really nice you know the girlfriend and the, the girlfriend looking out you know looking out for him the guy yeah, trying Jennifer to from Freak. oh that's who she was yeah yeah but basically, that sort of relationship probably helped. You know, the fact that there's love. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know who else he saw. Oh, who was it? The woman from the Life Foundation. The fact that she. No, no, that was beforehand. I don't know what else he showed. I don't know how he got to that conclusion. But he basically decided that it's better to be human than to be a monster with a, a planet full of monsters. Um, mm. and, maybe, and actually, maybe his idea was, if I'm the only one here, then that makes me cool and unique. Whereas if there's a bunch of monsters, I'm back to being a loser again. So maybe it wasn't all, you know, particularly altruistic, um, but there was a reason behind it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that's it, cool. It, it sort, it sort really of uh, matches what I thought. It sort of matches what I thought, which that it doesn't make a massive amount of sense, but we'll accept it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. not, you know, it's a superhero film. There's not not a lot of sense in a lot of them. Um, yeah. I, I suppose before you tell us your favourite scene or, or or medium or thing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about my honourable mention. Yeah, and do, yeah. Uh, this was basically just because of the cool set piece, but it's the police assault in the foyer because it just reminded me of Terminator 2. <laughs> you know, when they're sh shooting the smoke bombs at him and he just yeah. kills, the sh you know, beats the <laughs> out of all of them. 
you know, that was just, you know, that was, um, but that was really good. I quite, quite appreciate that. Uh, what about yeah. you? What's your, uh, what's your likes? So I quite liked, um, it was the, the very final battle, kind of like when they were running along the runway up to, not when they were on the rocket, um, yeah. but just as they were running along to it. And, um, Riz Ahmed and what was his, what was his alien called? Riot. Riot oh, yeah, was fighting, yeah. fighting Venom. And I just quite like the fact that obviously they were both possessed. Um, but like when they punched each other, you saw like their Venom slash Riot kind of fly off them a bit. And then you saw their faces in between. And um, like at another point you'd see from another angle. And then they'd both just be completely flying apart. So you almost had four entities in that battle. Um, and I just thought from that perspective, it was quite really interesting, quite well choreographed um, uh, scene, uh, fight scene. Um, now, obviously, it wasn't really choreographed because it was all just CGI. Uh, but I just still just quite enjoyed watching that. Um, it was quite a fitting denouement, even though I didn't really care about who this riot guy was, didn't fully understand what the deal was by this point, to be honest. I think I, to some degree I had checked out of trying to follow the story. I was <laughs> just kind of let, letting it wash Watch over me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for, um, sorry for suggesting this film, Rich. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. it, it, we we had to had to do a film like this. This this is our um Cloverfield paradox. Um, yeah. <laughs> so no, nothing's uh, that bad. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yeah. I, I enjoyed watching that bit. Um, now, yeah, a lot of the fights in. I mean, there, there was a motorbike chase, which was kind of cool. Um, that just felt like it's a, you know, it, it was a James Bond film. It, it's like, you know, oh, a motorbike chase because there has to be a motorbike chase because motorbike chases are cool. Well, it happens to be an alien in this motorbike chase. That's the only thing that makes it different from any other motorbike chase that I've seen. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, so that was negativity. If, if I remember rightly, this film was meant to be R-rated or something, wasn't it? Or certainly, I think they dialed it back in at some point. Like I think when it was initially envisioned, they were talking, not maybe not R-rated, but certainly whatever whatever american is yeah like like um yeah i think i felt like i mean let's move on to i think we've talked about our favorite bits and i think let's move on to the meat of this episode which is going to be our possible improvements or issues with this film oh can i just say one more one more good thing oh god Um, yeah the voice for Venom, uh, in the adverts, I was really annoyed by it. And I thought it was just rubbish and ridiculous. It's like another Tom Hardy Bane voice. But when you actually see it in the context, it actually makes a lot of sense. And I actually kind of got the character from the voice. So I think he actually did quite was well. The, was the um, actor anyone in particular? It's Tom Hardy. Oh, was it Tom Hardy as well? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah he was disguised quite well. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. He, he knows how anyway. to do that, doesn't he? Yeah, he does Speaking of Tom Hardy's voice, I mean, he... His Eddie Brock voice was not Tom Hardy-ish at all, was it? Um, yeah, Brock or you know, New York. Yeah, it just yeah. sounded very, very weedy. I mean, it just shows he's got a good, good range. Old, the hard stuff. He's got got a good range. Um, yeah, that's another yeah. good thing. Tom Hardy he did did a lot with arguably a yeah. tough hand. Yeah, um, but yeah, I suppose that leads us back into the negatives. So yeah, I mean, maybe you can start with your improvements, and I'll just chip in if I think of anything else. So I, I felt like. So when I was watching this film, and it was particularly when the bike chase started happening, it felt to me like I was watching a live-action version of one of the old Spider-Man animated series cartoons, which, you know, the Spider-Man animated series had its place 
but at the end of the day, it was a kids' TV show and 20 minute episodes. You don't get any real characterization, you just get a bit of arguably humorous fighting and no real sense of epicness. For me, this film it felt about as epic as an episode of a, cart- a kid's cartoon. It felt about <laughs> as, san- as sanitized as a kid's cartoon. Um, yeah. This is why I, I, I'm saying about how the rating got downgraded, which is what I heard. Um, and yeah, for me, it just the characterization wasn't there. Things just happened without too much yeah. explanation. Um, Riz Ahmed's character, um, I'm always happy to see Riz Ahmed because I, I always think it's hilarious when like a British a British actor makes it big in America without really making it big in Britain first and suddenly he's everywhere in America. It, you know, good for him. Yeah. But um uh, he he was he was a good part of it as well. He was quite a good villain. But I didn't really get that much motivation from him as to what he was really trying to do until it turned out he was an alien, which I kinda of saw sort of saw coming. Um But he wasn't an alien until he got possessed by the little girl monster thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I suppose the, the bit I didn't get is like if Dennis said Riz Ahmed was suffering from a debilitating illness that was going to kill him, and the only way to survive was to go into space with a, a bit of symbiote or whatever, you could kind of get a bit more motivation from it. But yeah, as you say, it was just some sort of, oh, humans are weak and inferior. We've all got to live in space. The best way to live in space is to, you know, attach homeless people to these things. And it's kind of like, you know, it, it, it's, all, it's all a bit sort of, you know, supervillain twirling moustache for whatever sake. You know, they kind of, yeah. sort of wrap it up in a whole Silicon Valley, you know, oh, I'm a startup entrepreneur, disruptor person. Uh, but just didn't quite work. Um, yeah, for no real yeah. reason as well. Um, and yeah, he was just kind of a villain. And Eddie Brock tried to kind of reveal what was going on, and then he didn't. And he just said, oh, let's just leave it there. Who cares? You'd think he would yeah. try a bit harder. Yeah, like he'd just become a bum and just didn't care. And it's like, yeah, fair enough. You know, your, your career's been a bit ruined, but surely be motivated enough to kind of get it back. Um, yeah. But yeah, I suppose, you know, if you lose your job and your girlfriend in the same week, then it might knock you for six. But yeah. Um, any, any more fixes, or shall I say one before you go back and, you know? Um, why don't you say one, then I'll say one. <laughs> well, I think this follows, follows on from what you just said, but I think Eddie was a bit unlikable at the start. He just seemed like a bit of a twonk. Like, you know, he was just a bit pig-headed, a bit bullish, a bit stubborn. The fact that he just used something he found in his wife, uh, girlfriend's computer to, you know, do a story. The fact that he wasn't particularly uh, elegant about accusing Riz Ahmed of stuff. It's just like, you know, okay, they say in screenwriting 101 that you've got to make your protagonist do stuff and be, you know, lead the story. But being an idiot isn't exactly, or being an idiot and sort of antisocial and stupid isn't the way to do it, really. I don't know. So I just, yeah, he was just unlikable. And it was only when he merged with Yosemite, he actually got some personality and actually liked him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of the bit, the bit when he was transforming as well was just a bit like a ripoff of the fly and stuff, wasn't it? It's was kind of like, oh, I'm slightly different, oh, I've got to eat some weird stuff, and oh, you know, it's them sort of tropes that you've seen loads of times before and probably done a bit better. Yeah, that whole scene with him in the restaurant bursting in on um, Jennifer and her new her new boyfriend. Um, yeah, that was, that was actually quite a funny scene in a way. Um, but I quite liked her boyfriend, actually. He was just like, oh, yeah, your ex is a psycho. I'm just going to help you out anyway. God, what are you like? Yeah. It baggage it was just a- you. <laughs> it was such a it was such a nice guy. I mean, maybe she's good in the, you know, I, I suppose he's a doctor, so maybe he's he's selfless. But yeah, it just seemed like 
And I like I liked the fact that I kind of mixed, you know, like usually in the trope is that the new boyfriend's a knob. Yeah. Um, and that they've got a kind of overtake him or surpass him or whatever, or get her back. In this one, like the new new boyfriend's a nice guy and he's going to get her back. So he still looks, makes Eddie look bad. It's like, you know, yeah. yeah. But I suppose they needed a doctor somewhere. So that's the way to put it in. Yeah. And maybe it was just kind of in a way to show like how, how low Eddie had fallen. This guy didn't feel any challenge from him at all. Yes, you're just a crazy weirdo scumbo. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you mentioned about like when he lost his job and his girlfriend all in one week. So, I so as 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 yeah, regular listeners, not there are any, uh, will know. I'm an aspiring, I'm an aspiring writer. Um. As a writer, there was some. It was one particular part of this film that just made me so angry, and it, I, it really, it really annoyed me for quite a long time into the film. I'm not sure I ever really got over it. Um, so there was the point where he gets kicked out of life sciences or whatever they're called. Riz Ahmed says, "Oh, see you later, Eddie Brock. Have a nice life." Then he gets fired from his uh, from the doctor from his job, and his boss says, "Oh, Eddie Brock, have a nice life." Um, and then he's getting. Then he comes home and Jennifer's breaking up, breaking up with him, and she's walking off down the street saying, "Oh, you're an idiot! You're an idiot!" And I'm thinking, "Oh, okay, wait for her to say have a nice life." She works for, walks further down the street. I'm saying, "Say have a nice life." And it's, it's this thing about how we're evolutionary, we're evolutionarily predisposed to hear patterns in things. And I was waiting for the payoff to have the rule of three to have her say have a nice life for the third time and it never came and that just threw it I, I it was like I'd, I'd had something taken away from me ripped away from me and I was waiting for that for the rest of the film and I was just thinking why have they done that that was such an obvious piece of writing to have a third person say have a nice life you don't stop at two that's appalling <laughs> writing and they just never did they, it until they... right at the end when he throws right off the rocket and th- no, he jumps off the rocket and leaves right on there. Then he says, "Have a nice life." And I was like, yeah. "Oh my goodness, this is that's outrageous." I think that's they, poss- possibly the worst bit of writing I've ever seen in the film. But maybe she said, "Have a nice life" in the X-rated version or the R-rated version or whatever, <laughs> and they had to cut it and soften it down. So you know, somewhere out there is like a, a slightly more insulting scene where she ends it with "Have a nice life." Um, but yeah, I do see where you're coming from, and I, I was wondering if you noticed the rocket bit or if you'd switched off by then. But yeah, it, it, the, you know, the third one does come. It just waits a long, long, long time, and I think no, the payoff the the pay of the fact they paid it off that way. No, the, the fact that they included it then annoyed me even more. Because <laughs> it's just like you acknowledge the fact that people were saying it back then. Uh, but you didn't do it three times back then, and then suddenly he's throwing it back at people, even though it wasn't used enough back then for it to make an impression. Exactly. You know, apart, apart from to Richard. Yeah. Exactly. So, oh, no, it was just it was just like I was waiting for that payoff that never came. It was like. Um, no, <laughs> it's a tantric <laughs> film. <laughs> you, you'll cut that bit. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, um, <laughs> No, I see where you're getting at. I see where you're getting at. And it, yeah, I mean, my writing thing got hackled by whatever I mentioned earlier. Like the fact that he wasn't, didn't really have much agency in his own life. He didn't even go back to that life sciences company until that woman come to find him. He was just sitting in yeah. his pants moping around. You know, all that stuff. So yeah, he was a bit of a div. 
Um, shall I go on to my next one? I mean, we're going to have... Yeah, uh, yeah go for it, but, yeah. So the Life Foundation technology seemed a bit too advanced. So you've got spaceships going and mining asteroids and finding aliens. So, you know, it sounds good in a comic, but not in the MCU. And I know this isn't an MCU film, but if Tom Holland then suddenly turns up in the next one, it kind of then more, this is the same reality that, you know, only, you know, sort of the Guardians can get out that far. You know, it's it's kind of a bit, you know, ooh, it just seems a bit fantastical. And I know that's a weird thing to say in a film about aliens, but, you know, if this technology was out there, they would have used it previously in other films in the MCU. And I know this isn't the MCU, but it just, that hackled me. I know it's a bit stupid, but hey. Um, and because that one... It will make it difficult if they do try and bring Tom Holland in, yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of like, well, hold on a minute, you can you can fly to asteroids and mine them and come back again, so how, why didn't we do that and go and fight Thanos up there or whatever? So, you know, oh, you can go to various alien planets and find things. It's just a bit weird. Um, but yeah, so that's one. The other thing is the Malaysia crash. Why the hell did it crash in Malaysia? You know, <laughs> apart... Apart from making it take a long time for Riot to get to San Francisco, it must have been like three months or something. You know, how long does it take to get a plane ticket? And I suppose, maybe, and that's the other thing, how did he possess that old woman and still manage to catch a plane without knowing the first thing about passports, you know, what to take on a plane and all that jazz, and without being caught, without murdering anyone else? It just seemed a bit sort of, you know, this zombie woman can just walk into an airport, catch a plane and turn up in San Francisco three months later. I mean, where did she go in the interview? And, uh, and follow a little girl into a bathroom in the most creepily obvious way possible as well. <laughs> I laughed out. Yeah. And like, yeah. And like, you know, the, the mum didn't notice that the girl didn't say anything for the whole journey sort of thing. Just... <laughs> oh, so, yeah, that, that's the point. So she gets to the airport, then possesses the child that's the mum's daughter and gets the thing. But still, he, he has to pretend to be a little girl. And if he's a psychopathic killing machine, then pretending to be a little girl is going to be really difficult. Like, oh, oh I've got a stomach bug, mummy, or something. Just a bit, just a bit weird. Um, yeah, so that just, why Malaysia? Why? It could have just been somewhere in America. And also, how did they, them things get flown all the way back to within the next scene, their life sciences building? It just seems a bit, the time, time uh, lines just didn't seem to align, if that makes yeah. sense. So the Washington space is taking three months to fly across, whereas the things get there the week before Eddie goes to interview them and stuff like that. It's just a little bit weird. Um, my phone's just died with all my notes in, so I'll have to remember them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let me see if I can... No, I'm not going to mess with Skype. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, any more from your end? Um, no, I think that was kind of the, the main bits. Um, I think we can, I think if there's, should we move on to kind of like comparison or how it might fit in with the MCU, which we've kind of started talking about. Um, so when I, when I was watching this film, I was actually watching it and actually thinking, this is kind of like I'm watching uh, one of the more rubbish MCU films. I was kind of <laughs> trying to watch it in that mindset. And I actually found that it was kind of working. If I watched it in that mindset, I was kind of thinking, oh, you know, let's pretend this is Thor Dark Let's pretend this is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Or that is exactly going through my mind as well. It's kind of like, you know, <laughs> if I can accept them films as part of the MCU, I can accept this. You know, yeah, exactly. It is a, and to be fair, I think it was better than those two. Um, and I know that's controversial, but I don't think there's any redeeming features in the other two, whereas this one has a few set pieces that are worth it. Mm, yeah, I think the set pieces are okay. I don't think 
they kind of make up the lack of any real plot or development. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. But, uh, yeah, maybe the you know the Venom Hardy combo was what is worthwhile. You know, he's got more charisma than David. What's his face is Maliki. Um, what's his name? Uh, Eccleston's Maliki. Christopher Eccleston's. Yeah. That's it. And I always forget that was Christopher Eccleston. Um, so does he, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think he's like. Yeah, what, what he's more angry about that film or Doctor Who? Yeah, um, I think he always hates Doctor Who, doesn't he? Um, yeah. I think I, I suppose what examples of the MCU. I mean, Hulk was a pretty bad origin story, so perhaps we can have it in the same light as Hulk. You know, have it was a bad first outing for the character, but maybe the character, if it was part of the MCU, would go on to actually be a main component of it alongside other characters which is fine you know arguably that's sort of maybe what ant-man's doing as well um and you know maybe captain marvel as well and you know, i know captain marvel divides opinion i i quite liked it other people say it was really bad so maybe captain marvel going to be a lot better and maybe you can imagine this is just another bad solo first outing for a new character yeah, yeah. I, don't, I guess we'll see i mean yeah so you could be like the Hulk, where he's just a bridesmaid in other people's films rather than having too many of his own. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's the plan. But, uh, no, it does seem like he's the linchpin of the, the Venomverse, doesn't it? But, but I was trying to work out which MCU characters I would like to see him like interact with, and I can't really think of any. Like, you know, there wouldn't be that many interesting interactions. I suppose, you know, Captain America might be fun, but he's not around anymore. I suppose the Guardians would be good. And in the comics, Flash Thompson's um, Flash, uh, Venom, uh, actually joined the Guardians. So seeing their reaction to the slavering monster would be quite interesting. Um, I mean, the obvious one is Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Um, you know, that could be a good good combination. Um, I mean, some of the bits, uh, you know, some other bits I'll touch on in a second when we talk about the sequel. Um, you know, what about you? Is there anyone that you'd like to see him interact with? I mean, so this is partly because I don't fully understand what the rights are, because I know that Sony have basically got all the rights to all of the Spider-Man villains and all of his rogues gallery. But I mean, does that include, because obviously Vulture landed in the MCU, but is he a Sony character as well? Um, yeah, I think Sony owns Sony owns him, so they can do what they want with him. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But I, I, I mean, I think I'd, uh, in terms of like who we'd like to see Venom interact with, I think... I think let's just have him let's have him with Tom Holland for now. I think the the MCU is almost a too big a pool for him. I think he'll he's I think he he's still he's still not quite made his made his own mark yet and I think he needs to have that he needs to become a Spider-Man villain slash anti-hero. Let's see let's see how he gets on with Spider-Man because I think it's pretty much it's pretty much a done deal I'd say that we're going to see Tom Holland in Venom, Venom 2. I would have thought. Yeah. I've certainly heard noises to that effect. Um, I'm not really interested in any of the MCU characters. I mean, it, it fits arguably the best with um with Guardians. You know, maybe they find the symbiote planet or whatever. Um, and they actually, they actually do in one of their comics. Um, and they oh, find that go. yeah, Venom was actually a broken symbiote, and they're all actually quite peaceful and stuff. So they heal him, and he becomes a more hero hero rather than an anti-hero. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's a story for another time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I see what you mean. And I think maybe this idea of a Sony-verse might be a good sort of uh, breeding ground for new characters that could then 
join the MCU once they've proved their worth, like, and if they can get the rights sorted, you know. Um, yeah, so maybe it would be just sensible just to see him and Tom Holland uh, doing their own thing, fighting Spidey villains, fight, you know, fight, you know, allying themselves to Spidey heroes or whatever. Um, I suppose, I mean, did you watch Gone? Obviously, it's going to be Carnage in the next film. Um, yeah, so, so that's... Even we had Woody Harrelson in that mid credit sting, um, which is okay, but I mean, it's sort of sort of annoyed me a little bit so i always find it a bit unimaginative if if venom is going to be the hero of venom 2 anti-hero yeah. whatever you call it it always annoys me when you've got the baddie is always just basically the the same character as the hero just opposite or just an, an evil version or whatever it always feels unimaginative to me um similarly that's partly why i hated the incredible hulk it was just a boring character oh let's put hulk up against bad hulk um i do yeah but let's let's see how it how it shakes out. I mean, that's even how Carnage was originally uh, originally uh, conceptualized, wasn't it? It was basically supposed to be Venom without his code of his weird code of morals or whatever his weird Venom well, was, style of morals. But yeah, because it was basically the, the a symbiote. The Carnage symbiote was a spawn of Venom or something, and then that's yeah, combined yeah. with this nutty serial killer um, to create Carnage. So I think. That's uh, what I was thinking earlier. So if it's Venom and Tom Hardy Spider-Man versus Carnage, that would be quite cool. Because, you know, you've got uh, Tom Hardy and Venom, which is kind of, you know, they'll have some banter and whatever. He might be a bit disgusted. But then Tom Hardy and Carnage, and Carnage is just like a psychopathic serial killer that rips people to shreds and doesn't think anything of it. So, you know, seeing this naive, innocent young guy that's, you know, keep he went to space and fought some people, but he's never seen, like, blood, you know, entrails and God knows what. That'd be quite a nice juxtaposition for us. And, um, you know, I'm quite excited about the idea of Carnage because unlike Riot, which is kind of like a, oh, like that trope of, oh, we need another version of the same character thing. You know, that's why they gave Riz Armour the symbiote. Why couldn't have had some other superpower? I don't know. Or like an armor suit or God knows what. But, you know, Carnage is a character in itself. Like he's just, you know, I think there's an event going on in Marvel Comics at the moment where he's basically killing everyone or taking over everything and possessing various people. He's like a sort of, you know, He's not just a, a red version of Venom. He's actually a psychopath serial killer that goes around killing people, you know. And, like, literally, but like, Hannibal Lecter. With powers as Venom, though. Yeah, but you know what Riot was doing with a whole, you know, scythes and God knows what. Um, yeah. Carnage does some of that, does all that stuff as well. And okay. I think there's the, fa- the fact that he's a serial killer. Like, imagine not even Hannibal Lecter, someone like Bloody and like Jack the Ripper, but with a Venom symbiote, that sort of thing. Um when it comes to Woody Harrelson, though, I think he was wrongly cast. Like, the actual, in the comics, sort of Cletus Cassidy is actually really sort of a slim sort of southerner. Like, not some fat middle-aged porchy guy. So, you know, it, it's just not quite the same. He's not going to have the same sort of impact as this wily, wiry guy that's kind of, you know, really intimidating. And you just had some fat guy pacing in a cell. It was just like, mm, not really. You know, just because you called Cletus Cassidy doesn't mean you're carnage. And also, he's not naturally red-headed, so it just didn't work either. He just had a naff wig on. Um, but, you know, the, apart from the bad casting, I think the potential of the character's there. Um, and seeing yeah, Tom Holland... Go on. Yeah, I mean, Woody Harrelson's never going to be like a Hannibal Lecter-style character, is he? He's, he's very much a... He, he, I can't I, I can't take Woody Harrelson seriously. He, and not in a bad way. I see him as a comedic actor. Um, exactly, yeah. He's not intimidating. He's not... Um, calculating he's not you know you wouldn't strike fear in your heart 
Like if you had someone like, um, oh, what's his name? It's Peaky Blinders, but with a southern drawl. You know, that would Tom be... Hardy possible. from Peaky Blinders. No, the other one. Uh, Cillian <laughs> Murphy or something. Oh, um, Murphy. Yeah. yeah. Someone like that. Or even yeah, Bloody yeah, Brand. Yeah. Uh, or um, what's his name? The guy from uh, Game of Thrones. The... Um, uh, Lee, Eric, um, oh, Theon. You and Rian. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Give him a southern accent. He could be Cletus Cassidy. You know, yeah. he looks like a wily serial killer dude, not some middle aged guy that's a comedic actor. It's just like, mm, not really yeah. there. I'm not really yeah. excited about that. Um, but in terms of maybe we should talk about the wider Spider Verse and what potential there is there. Um, well, I, I, mean, I, I think that's the thing. We can have someone, and I know you. Maybe I don't know enough about Carnage, but yeah. for me, I, I'm still I'm still feeling like he's too close to. We've already had Venom and Riot. Oh, let's just throw in another symbiote. But for me, this this harks back to the Flash TV series. How like for the first four or five seasons, every single baddie was just a speedster. Um, yeah. But I let's, think if you look, change it up a bit, you know, like, and like you say, they've they've got that universe that they can use more characters. Let's get the Green Goblin in. Let's get hell. Let's get Electro, whatever. Um. I mean, Electro would be good because the electricity sorts out symbiotes. Um, yeah. If, if, but if you look at it, Riot was only ava- only there. You know, he appeared briefly at the beginning. He appeared with the girl. He appeared at the end, fighting on that space platform. But you didn't see him going through and butchering a whole school worth of children or taking out a whole police station or taking out the National Guard or, you know, and I know, yeah, okay, it's another version of a symbiote. It's going to be a visual effects spectacle. But if they had with it some sort of horror nuances and stuff like that, you know, like they do at different films have different genres. If this was some sort of horror that, you know, where Venom realises that he's left a spawn behind that's turned into the serial killing monster and he has to then hunt him down, that's a completely different type of film with a completely different type of villain, you know, than... Yeah. Oh, I'm a big space monster. Oh, I want to go to space. I have a junior space monsters, and I possess some schmarmy git, um, you know, businessman, rather than, you know, hey, you know, I've killed thousands of people, and I'm not going to tell you where I buried them. Oh, and I've now got superpowers, so I can kill billions more or whatever. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a completely different type of film, I think. You know, I think if they, if they get it, I mean, apart from the naff casting, but if they get it right... You know, it could work really well. You know, I'm quite excited. I mean, another MCU touch that you might not notice was, um, you know, the, the, the pilot of the spaceship at the beginning was called James Jameson. And he's the son I, of... I did notice that, actually, yeah. Yeah, so in the comics, he's the son of J. Jonah Jameson. And he yeah. he gets hit, hit by cosmic rays. And he was the one that brought the symbiote back in the first place. Um, but uh-huh. some sort of cos- cosmic rays turn him into man-wolf. And he's basically a werewolf. Um, yeah, I was quite pleased with myself for noticing that Easter egg actually, but I didn't, I didn't realise it went that deep. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So that's quite cool. Um, but yeah, in terms of the wider Spider Verse, I think another decent Doc Ock would be good. I think seeing Black Cat would be good. The problem with Black Cat though is because she's meant to be a sultry, sexy siren, and then you've got twelve-year-old <laughs> looking Tom Holland. <laughs> just doesn't quite work so who's she going to have that sultry relationship with unless it's eddie but i don't think that's going to work um i don't think... it probably will do something like that yeah i mean that's the only way it'll work um and then they've got silver saber which was going to have a film with black cats so maybe they're going the other way with it um but now she's going to get her own one she's like an israeli secret service agent so you probably saw it was she in the computer game i don't know you probably know about yeah she game. was yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, and also, so there was also taskmaster in the computer game there was um Jackpot. Oh. They're thinking of doing oh, a film yeah. with Jackpot. 
Okay, oh. cool. Yeah. Um. Who? Uh, there was um. Oh, the the Matt, the big the big angry one. <laughs> okay, that sums it up. Um, yes. <laughs> I can't remember what he's called. Now. Rhino. Yeah, Rhino. Rhino. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go on. That's the thing. They've got so many good characters. I don't, I'm not too interested in just carnage unless we see unless we see more. Well, they could have a team up, but then does it all just go a bit too Batman forever? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, like Spider-Man's probably got as good as a rogues gallery as Batman, but it's just never been utilised as well as Batman. Yeah. You know, you know like they've had a few aborted attempts at it. You know, this Tom Tom Holland Marvel thing's kind of held it at bay, but maybe this time they can actually do it justice. Well, are they actually going to do the Sinister Six movie, the long-awaited oh, Sinister they do the Six? I think that's well, going to be like Justice League, though. They've just jumped too quick. And, oh, let's get six of them together. Oh, oh, oh. You know, why not just do it subtly and like build it up and stuff? I suppose you've got Vulture, Shocker, and uh, someone else was in um, uh, Homecoming. Like, Shocker was one of the guys. Vulture yeah, was there. Uh, and and Scorpion. Be to use those same characters, though. Um... Do we think they'll be allowed to use those the, the MCU versions of those characters, or do they have to do their own thing? I don't know. It depends on how this deal that they finally hammered out works. Yeah, but I think it will be the um, that it's their characters. They can do what they want with them, basically. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah. I mean, hopefully they can use it because otherwise it just seems a bit weird. That they're going to have like a stunted version of their universe and have to start again, which just seems a bit of a waste. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Do do we have any sort of closing summary thoughts or? Uh... Um, I think obviously this does all tie into what exactly they've done in terms of a deal with with Marvel and with um Tom Holland and stuff. I mean, I think they're saying that obviously Tom Holland's contracted in with Sony for what two or three more films. Whether they spaff one of those on um on a cameo in Venom two or not, I don't know. Um, but I think it could well end up being. Um, it, I think Tom Holland will still be in another MCU proper film. Uh, yeah, as a result, I can't. It really depends on how much of this because they can't. If it, Tom Holland is in all those films, he can't then come back to the Venom verse and not be allowed to mention anything that happens there type of thing like will he not be allowed to mention vulture will he not be allowed to talk about mj things like that the blip yeah like yeah how did the venomverse handle the blip you know is that something that's happened because you didn't see any any notice of the blip in that film unless it's before or afterwards it's it's just yeah it's just a bit of a weird like the blip ruined the mcu i think it's kind of just made it so convoluted um, but yeah, and if that has to then triple over into the, the Sony-verse, that's going to make it even worse. Um, so yeah, I think... So. It has to if you pull in Tom Holland in any way. Um, yeah, the unless they just sort of choose to ignore that element of the, the, you know, okay, I happen to be at Midvale High and blah, 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 but, you know, I'm not going to mention the fact that I'm 10 years behind, or five years behind other people my age and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's going to be weird. Um, yeah, we can only hope that they do it justice, so yeah okay cool um yeah i think that was my last thoughts so yeah i don't know if you if if you want to prorogue this bad boy right now (laughs) oh yeah let's put it to bed um you know (laughs) 
Oh God! Um, unless the Queen, to- well, the Queen, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Let's not get into that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's your turn to choose our next one, Rich, because uh, I inflicted this on you. Um, I, you know, okay. we've, we've been toying with the Star Wars Holiday Special. So if anyone wants to see that and answers on a postcard, and we'll uh, you know get it out. Um, yeah. But yeah, Poss- otherwise, John? possibly Star Wars. I think we talked about I Am Mother. Could be one yeah. of those. I think at some point. Yeah, so, so, so yeah. something fun. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for this. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I look forward to doing it again soon. Cool. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, catch you next time on the next episode of Geek Bites. Adios. <laughs>